Mike's back on here as soon as he can get him out on the road. It's Easter. Going to see everybody. There we are. Okay. Ah, they're all out. All right. We're so glad you're here today. If you're visiting, thank you for being here. Don't feel like uh, if this is uh, your first time or you've been here, haven't been here for a minute, it's okay. This is your home. Uh, we're glad you're you're here today. Don't we? Even if you just stay for today, we're glad you're here. This is a place uh, that is, uh, I believe, is welcoming. I believe it is safe. I believe it is uh, going to be part of the forever family that all of us are going to be a part of for here uh, in all eternity. So let's uh, go on and take our children. Before I do this, kids, I don't know, but I saw in the back our our uh, grass has a real problem. It's got a bunch of eggs on it. So after the service, be sure and help us meet back at the uh, at the uh, big playground there, and uh, we'll get you some eggs. And uh, you can help us so they can mow the grass this next week, okay? Go ahead and go, kids. See you later. All right. That wipes out the crowd, doesn't it? All right. Well, if you're, uh, again, if you're visiting, uh, my name's Jeff, and uh, you don't, just call me Jeff. You never have to call me anything else. Just call me, and uh, we're so glad that you're part of, of this day. Let's pray and uh, get right into it. Jesus, we love you, <clears throat> and we thank you. What a privilege it is to be part of your family, and we thank you for those that are here today. And I just pray that you'll uh, help us see um, and be reaffirmed this morning of the power and the majesty and who you are in our life and what you did through this, this day we call Resurrection Day. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, today this kind of culminates in a uh, probably a three-month um, stint in which I've been talking about faith. Uh, different types of faith, walking in faith. How do you walk in faith? How do you uh, make one step in front of the other in a world that tells you everything in the Bible is whack? How do you do that? How do you live in a world that, where uh, the very essence belief of, of a lot of Christians uh, is said to be bunk? It doesn't, it doesn't exist. It's not real. How do you, how do you live that? And so today I want to kind of put a period on the end of everything we've been talking about since January. And we've been, and I want my, my, my basic thing is this, what I want you to take home today. These two words, I believe, I believe, I believe. And that's all I want you to take home. If, if nothing else you don't get, I, I say, get, get that. And then really work on letting God help you believe who he really is and who he is in your daily life. Because if you don't believe the story of the past, you have a whole lot of trouble believing that he's going to help you with the stuff that's going on in your life today. And you, you cry out to him and you say, where are you? And oftentimes it doesn't feel like he answers. And you sit there in your puddle of, of, of self-despair and, and stress and fear and you call out to God. So today I, I, I really want to uh, look at three specific things about Easter. Generally when we come to Easter, I, I have a hard time with talking about Easter because everybody knows about Easter. How do you say something new about Easter that most people don't know? So I'm not here today to, to, to dazzle you. I have nothing to, to do that with. All I want to do is I want you to think about the fact that when he rose from the dead, 
What does it do for us? Let's watch this video and then we'll get right into it. how defeated those followers of Jesus were that morning because they'd seen him do incredible things. They'd seen a, a, just a litany of incredible events. Miracles happen every day. They would be walking and Jesus would put, do something. They'd, they'd been in the garden. They'd seen an ear put back on. They, they, they'd been and seen the, the dead rise. And it's like, what more could happen? And here our, our, our leader is put in a tomb and to, to go to that tomb and to, to feel that exclamation, that the, the, the sheer joy that they felt as they went in there and their leader was there no longer. Because of three events that happened on this Easter, I think there's some things that we can believe with everything in our heart, the things that we can grab onto and help us as we navigate the life that God has for each one of us. The first thing I want you to, to look at today, oh, by the way, if you want to follow along with anything that I'm saying on Facebook, we have all the scriptures listed and the outline. It's, I always try to say that. I always forget, but it's on there. If you miss a scripture or something like that, it's on our Facebook page. Because of these events, these three events, the, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus and the trial, we can believe that Jesus is who he said he was. And that's what I want to send home with you today. And the first belief is this. I believe because Jesus showed us his purpose, we can understand what, why he came. And that's what a lot of people today have a hard time with. Why would he do that? Why would, why would Jesus come and do that? And let's look what happened. Jesus went through six trials, six trials. 
and they arrested him at night, and he was so uh, popular that they didn't, they didn't want to have this uprising come against him. And so they, they took him and did everything in the dark of the night. He had done nothing wrong. They had, they had, uh, the only crime that they had was that could possibly stick was one that said, he claims to be the son of God. <laughs> really? <laughs> really, that, 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 that's all you got? He's the son of God? And you're, you're, you're going to take him to trial for that? Matthew 26 says it this way. The chief priests were looking for false evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death, but they did not find anything. And then they said, tell us you are the Christ, the son of God. Yes, it's as you say, said Jesus. And they spit in his face and stuck, stuck him with their fist. Others slapped him. Notice that Jesus never claimed to be a good man. He never claimed to be a moral leader. He never claimed to be a great teacher. He said, I am God. I'm God. The only way to heaven is through me. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. This guy walking around here on this earth. That's kind of awkward. That's kind of awkward. Jesus never claimed to be that, those things. But if one Sunday I stood up here and I said to you some, something like this, I'd say, uh, you know, by the way, I'm a pretty good teacher. Don't you agree? Some of you would say yes. Some would say nah. You, 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 you'll be okay with that. If I, if I stood up here and I, and I said, but I'm the only way to get to heaven, if you put your trust to me, that's the only way you're going to get there. You would be going Mm, I don't know about that. I don't think that's correct. And that's what these guys were looking at that very day. And, and, and so they had a decision to make, just like you. They had a choice to make, just like us. The choice was you can believe that he's an idiot. <laughs> you can say, I believe he's a shyster and a swindler and he's just out trying to fool people? Or I believe that he's who he says he is and I'll follow him and I'll drop everything. And there was a whole gaggle of men and women that did that. They dropped everything. They left their, their, their place of business. They left what they were doing and they followed Jesus because they believed that he was who he said he was. Everybody in this room, everybody has already made a choice, some kind of decision about Jesus Christ. Some of you walked in here today and you're wondering, is he real? Partly because of stuff that's happened in your life. You got hurt and he wasn't there. Bad things have happened to you and others in your life and you're going, ah. and there's some of you here today that have walked in here and go, and God is not for me. Jesus, no, you know, maybe I'll think about that when I get old, but right now I'm, I'm young. I don't need that. I don't need that. But every one of you are, has in the process of making this, this choice. Is he a liar? Is he a lunatic? Or is he really says he is? John 12, uh, 47 tells us why he came. It tells us his purpose when Jesus came. Here's what it says. Jesus said, I did not come to judge the world, but to save it. 
See, that's what we live like. We live like Jesus comes to, to, to take our, our junk and to just to say, oh, you're stupid. Oh, you're, you're so dumb. Why do you do that? And so we, we naturally, we, 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 as I said last week, we take our, our, and thumb our noses at God and say, you don't know. I know better than you, God. I know better than, than, than you ever know. And so Jesus said, I didn't come to judge you. See, that's what we think about church. Come church, you're going to judge me for what, for what I'm doing and who I'm, who I'm doing it with and who I'm where, where I am and all those things. And it's like, no, Jesus, I didn't, come to, I didn't come to do that. I didn't come to give you condemnation. I came to save you. I came to save you. That was his purpose. That was his purpose in coming and being on the cross and taking on death. The second thing I believe that you can take home today is this, is you can believe because Jesus showed us his passion. Unfortunately, this morning at 6.15, I got up and I prayed a little bit and I was praying for all of you. I was praying for this day. And I thought, what, am I, what can I do? I haven't watched it for years. And you know what I did? I turned on the passion. Crud. That was not a good idea. It wiped me out. It tore me up. I hate that movie. I hate it. I hate it, the passion of Christ. That's what they call what Jesus went through. If we can believe the things that we see that Jesus went through for us, it makes it a lot more real. And I can, I can tell you fresh in my head, and I don't want to go through a lot of this stuff. I'll go a couple things just to, to, to get you, because you can say you came to church and you heard these things, because you've heard them a million times. But I, I want to remind you about this passion that he had and his passion where it was well put. It was put for you. He did it for me. He did it for you. The crucifixion is probably the most brutal and torturous death penalty that man has, has probably ever come up with. The Bible says they put a robe on him. You know, you think you're a king? Here's a robe. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They put a, a blindfold on him. It says they, they begin to beat him and slap him. They hit him in the face. The Bible says that they begin to pluck his beard. What the world? Pluck his beard? So he remained silent. He didn't say anything because he's taking the suffering of the world upon him. He was heaping it on. What do you got? Here I am. The Bible said he was mocked, he was scorned, he was scourged. Man, watch the passion. Scourging is way different from whipping. You know, whipping is just a scourge is a cat of nine tails thing. Ripping, oh, it was gross. He went to the he went to the cross, and he had so many scars on his back already. So many not scars, but open wounds on his back, and he's he's forced to take this cross. This, this heavy, heavy cross, this instrument of, of death and suffocation, he takes it and he does the, the journey towards Golgotha, or towards the hill. And as he comes toward the hill, or towards that hill, he drops and he can't do it. And some, the, the Romans mercilessly, mercilessly, I'll get it, mer, what do they do? Mercifully, they, what they do is they, they get somebody else to come and carry the cross. 
And he carries the cross and takes him all up. They, they do the horrible things. They put the, the, the nails in his, in, his arm, in his arms right here and right here and in his feet. And they put him on the cross and he, he sits there. And then they put a spear in his side. And the Bible says water comes out. It's, and he did all that. He did all that for us. Why did Jesus have to die? Because somebody had to pay for your sin. It was him. The Bible says time and time again that all we deserve is hell. But we get Jesus. All we deserve is hell. I know this is not a fun sermon to talk about on this day, this Easter Sunday, when there's some of you here going, you know, I already know this, and I don't want to feel judged, and I don't want to feel good. I, don't, I want to be sure that someday when, when my day is up and my time is up, I've said everything I need to say to all my family and friends because I love you. I love you enough to talk like this, to talk about a heaven, to talk about a hell, to talk about a, a relationship with a, with a God who is known and wants to know you and wants to live and walk in faith with you every day. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Somebody had to pay that wage, and it was Jesus at Calvary. At Calvary, the Jesus of the universe took our place, and he paid the price for you. This is why Jesus allowed himself to be crucified. Yeah, he could have called. He could have said, get me out of here, barbecue these soldiers. Just you know, He could have done it just like that. But not Jesus, not Jesus. He took it all. Ephesians 4 says this, 4, 7. <laughs> By, nope, uh, let's see. Maybe it's not 4, 7. Let me check. I got a different scripture. By the death. Yeah, I got the wrong script. By the death of Christ, we are set free that as our sins are forgiven. How great is the grace of God, which he gave us to save in such a large measure. You know what the Pharisees hated about Jesus when he healed people? He didn't say, you're healed. He didn't do like, like some of the faith healers did and go, you're healed. You know, boom, you're healed. You know what he did? He said, your sins are forgiven. And they're going, what? Only, only God can forgive sins. That's what they hated about Jesus. They didn't recognize that Jesus was God's son. And so he said, you're forgiven. That's the best news about today. No matter how screwed up you came in here today, no matter how much turmoil you're in, no matter how much you don't believe in God, you have the ability and the opportunity to be forgiven, no matter how hellacious your life is. What you do, what you've done, what you're going to do, doesn't matter. He paid the sin. Jesus hadn't done anything wrong. He was guilty of love in the first degree. He loved us so much that he died for us. After Jesus died, the Bible says they took him down off the cross and they put him in a tomb, not like our tombs. If you ever, I, Brenda and I walk through graveyards sometimes for just for nice walks and just to see people and just to reflect. And and our our graveyards are a little different than back then. Back then they would dig into the side of a mountain, and they would in these in these 
uh, caves then would become, uh, they would dig a little trench in front of the, in front of the, the, uh, the hole. And then they would take a big stone and roll it in front so they could put, uh, maybe possibly uh, somebody rich would go in one and then somebody else would die and then they would open it up. And it was kind of like a reusable, you know, one of those baggies that you get, you know, but it was, it was a, I'm just kidding. I've got to get you a little light here today. It's getting kind of heavy, so I had to do something. So, so it, was, it was something where you could just kind of open it up. You could open it up and, and put somebody, but it was a heavy rock, and it needed many people to get it open. Then it was, it was a, a thing that was passed down in the family, and so the tomb was, was often a, it was a place where it would go in and out. So I, I want, this got me to thinking about what Jesus did at his death. And I, I was reading a book by Max Licato last, um, uh, it was about two months ago. And uh, his book is so good. I love anything that Max Licato does. And he tells this story about a friend of his who went to Brazil to uh, a tribe, one of the 1040 tribes, I think, that Bob was talking about. Somebody hadn't really reached him yet. And he had gone there, and he he'd spent a lot of money to, to go to the village. And he, he plopped down in the middle of the village, and he gets there, and he's telling these people about Jesus and showing them people about Jesus, and nothing was working. Meanwhile, across, there's a river right there. And meanwhile, right across the, the river was this beautiful hospital that somebody was building. And they built it, and they had it all staffed, but nobody would go to it because the, the, this tribe believed that that river was haunted, was, had evil spirits. And if you got in it or you drank the water or you touched it, you would be inhibited by these horrible spirits. And so his missionary friend took the tribe down one Sunday morning and said, let's go to the river. No, no, we don't want to go to the river. No, let's just go to the river. So they go to the river, they get to the river, and he, he bends down and he takes the water and he puts it in his hands and he goes, see, nothing's wrong. And they all go, no, 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 we don't want this. No, no. Okay. Well, then he thought, I'll drink some. So he drinks some water. No, no. And they, they sit and watch, and everybody's like, what's going on? And nothing happens. And pretty soon he gets the idea, I'll just jump in. So he jumps in, and they all, come on, come on, come on, come on. Mm-mm, not me, not me. Pretty soon he's like, what else can I do? So you know what he did? He swam across the river to the other side. And he gets over there and he stands at it and says, come on, come on. And you know what? Every one of them did. They were people who desperately needed the help that they could, could get was, was now available to them. All they had to do is somebody had to take them across the river. And that's what Jesus did when he died. He made a way possible for you and I to get to the help that we needed, to get what we needed, and that was to have our sins forgiven and to be put away. I know that all of us came here today, and the last thing in your mind is getting forgiven. I get it. I get it. You came here because, you know, you're wanting to know, can God do anything with this knucklehead this knucklehead guy that I'm about to marry or this knucklehead person that I'm married to or this knucklehead person that I'm, I'm a friend with? Can God do anything with that? And that's what you're wanting to know. You're all wanting to know, what can God do in my life? And I want to say to you the very kindest, nicest way I can say, until you get the forgiveness, it doesn't matter any of that other stuff. You're going to keep going around the mountain, and you're going to keep finding ways to screw up your life. You're going to keep finding ways to to do things that you're going, but I thought this would work, and I thought that would work, and none of it works. 
if it isn't with Jesus. None of it works. It's so important that we understand what Jesus did when he conquered death. I believe that Easter is not a memorial to a nice religious teacher who lived some 2,000 years ago. It is a celebration of the fact that he is alive and he's alive in many people in this room. If you look around, there, he's alive. He's alive when people go out and go to Whiteland and help Whiteland or help our neighbors when they need help. He's alive when people come out here to the hub on Tuesday nights and different days of the week. He's alive when people, when our people go out in the community and do it. That's where he's alive because people put themselves aside and they put Jesus in the forefront and they let him do what he does. That's how you know he's alive. I'm living proof that Jesus is alive, and so are many of you. So are many of you. Lastly, I can believe because of his resurrection, and his resurrection shows me his power. It shows me his power, and that's, that's what really all of us want. We want his power. We, we look to God for power. Do something in my life. He did it then. Why? How about now? How about now? Because God, here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a leper. <laughs> I, I don't like myself. I don't know what I am. I'm a teenager and I'm sitting here and I'm going, I, I, I don't know why I am the way I am. I don't know who I am. They're telling me I'm a they, I'm a them. I'm a, they're telling me all these things and I don't know. I don't know. And Jesus says, I have the power. I made the power available to you. It's still there. It's not gone. It isn't just because he died doesn't mean that that power is, is dead. His power is still there. Romans 1.4 says this. But being raised from the dead, he proved he was the mighty son of God, with the nature of God himself. That means he came the only way we would understand him in human form. The very nature of God came here and showed us that he was willing to pay the price. He showed himself many, many times after his death. Historical records say that he showed himself to 500 people. How would you have liked to have been, how would you like to have been one of those dudes that, that helped kill him and they're walking the streets and here goes Jesus. They're walking by like, whoa, what happened? 500 people saw Jesus after his resurrection. That was quite an event, quite an event. What does that mean on this Easter Sunday to 2023? Because you're going, I know that, Jeff. I understand that. What does it mean to me today here as I sit? In one sense, Jesus Christ is still on trial. What do you mean, Jeff? Well, here's what I mean. He's on trial in every heart and mind and every person who has not yet acknowledged him as Savior of your world. If you have not acknowledged him and following him, then he's still on trial because you're going, I don't know. Is he guilty? I don't know. Is he, is he Jesus? I don't know. Maybe. Nah. See, it has to be something. It has to be something that, that, is, that takes you beyond belief. Belief is good. I got to believe. But you also got to walk in the faith. You got to walk in the faith. And you got to put your resources your time, your energy, your mind into saying, what does God want me to do 
today. Not just a one-time shot thing, you know, because that's how we treat God, you know. A lot, a lot of Christians today, you know, I go to church. I live like Hades the rest of the week, but, you know, I'm, I, I go to church. All right, all right. So I ask you today, what's your verdict? What's your verdict? You see, Easter really boils down to, to two issues and only two. One is this. Is Jesus who he says he is? Is he a liar, a lunatic, or is he real? Or is he who he says he is? And if he is, when are you going to really start following? When are you really going to start following? Enough of this, you know, toe in the water kind of thing, kind of like, here, here let, me, let, me, let me put my hand in the water. No, <laughs> it's a diving in. I'm diving in. I'm going all in. I want to be where, where Jesus is because that's the best place to be. I'm telling you, our little church right now is, I have never seen so much hurt and pain in a bunch of, a bunch of God's followers. And you know why I think we're going through the pain? Because God is trying to, to, to say, do you, really, do you really mean it? Do you really mean the things that you say you do? There are so many of you in here that have, have had loss and cancer going through testing and testing. I mean, there's like 30 40%. We, it's weird that it happened in the last six months to this little burg of people. And if you're visiting today, I, I, want, I want to say this. I believe it's because these people are saying to Jesus, and to the devil, I stuck my foot out and I said, I'm going to stand on the rock that will never move. And I believe you're not, you, you're not going through these things. Jesus is not putting you through these things. He is using these things that you're going through to do something incredible in other people's lives. You are encouraging people. Those of you that are going through these things right now, you are making other people able to say, I can make another step forward tomorrow. And I can make one more step the next day. Because that's really all Jesus calls you to do, is to be a little bit more like him today than you were yesterday. He doesn't ask you for wholesale, you know, just complete in, uh, this, this, this change. Not to start. He says, let me help you little by little. And we'll do you do what I've asked you to do, and that is what? To obey, and I'll do what I do, and that is I will be with you through every trial, temptation, fear, whatever it is you're walking through. I'll be with you. That's what Easter is about. It is ultimately about him overcoming death, but that's how it affects you and me. So let's close this out before the band comes. Are you willing to gamble your life this morning that, that, that you're wrong? Are you willing to gamble your life and say, ah, this church stuff is stupid, God, I don't know, you know, maybe I'll get to it when I'm older, maybe I won't. I don't know. I, I wonder, I want to ask you this morning, are you willing to do that? I, I don't like talking about stuff like this, but if I don't, when am I going to? When am I going to? You say, well, I, I don't know, Jeff. I, what do I do? <laughs> it's real simple. It's as simple as those things. I put, it, I, I, I put it in a very simple form. Here's what you do. You base your, the, your belief that Jesus Christ died on the cross 
And that when he died on the cross, he showed us who God was and he came back to life. That's the first belief you have to believe to be a follower of Jesus. The second one is this, is you accept God's free forgiveness for your sin. It's pretty easy, but it's not a one-time shot. It's something you do every day the rest of your life. God accepts me, I accept him (laughs) every day. You switch to God's plan for your life. You stop doing what you're doing, what I think should be done, and you say, what does God want me to do in this instance? And then lastly, you express your desire for Christ to be the Lord and the director of your life. And that is not a one-time shot. That is an every day. Every day I have to get up and say, God, today I want to serve you. Because most days you know who I want to serve? Not you. I don't want to serve you. I don't want to do anything for you guys because I'm a selfish guy underneath all this. And so are you. Every day I've got to get up and I've got to say, God, today I give me to you. Every day. It is not a one-time shot. Any church, any person, any preacher that says it is, I'm not sure where they're going. Not to heaven or hell, but I'm not sure they're going with where that is. How can we know for sure that you're going to heaven? (laughs) Take these steps. Base your life on Christ. Base your life. The belief, the acceptance, switching to his plan, and expressing your desire to follow him. April 30th, we're going to have a baptism Sunday, and I'm believing there's going to be a lot of people that are going to follow and say, Here I am. I want to be baptized. Come see us. We want to talk about it. Let's pray as the band comes. Jesus, if we believe, we have to walk in faith. And so today I just pray that you will move in this crowd. I pray that there's someone in this place that is is just that came in here this morning and is going, I, I, I want to believe. I want to believe, but I've been hurt. I, wanna, I, I want God for you to show your power in my life today, but I, you, didn't, you didn't come through for me that one time. God, I just pray that we just turn you loose during this ministry song. We turn you loose to, to talk to people's hearts, I know that I'm not the best speaker in the world, but I know that your Holy Spirit can do some incredible things in the hearts and the minds of these people that are sitting in this place and those that are at home and online. God, I just pray right now that you'll do a work as we begin this process of uh, examining our lives and seeing what you want to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here today and you'd like somebody to pray with you, we have two outlets for you. We have a prayer room. We call it the war room over here. And in the back against the wall, we have some folks that are back there. be glad to pray with you. You don't have to walk forward. Uh, After the service, you can see them. They're back along the wall. But if you're here today and God is speaking to you, go speak to them. Go speak to myself, somebody. But, But don't leave. Don't leave the same way you came in. We love you.
you know how much God loves you. He loves you so, so much. He doesn't, he loves you just the way you are. <laughs> you know, we talk about, we come to church and we're always talking about change. You know, you want to change, you want to change. And that's our earthly, that's our earthly thing. But God, he looks at you and he goes, I love you just like you are. I love you just as you are. Now, I, I love you so much. I don't want you to stay that way, but I love you so much that I want you to, to walk with me and to talk with me and to tell me. I hope and I pray that you felt a whisper from Jesus just now as we uh, leave this building. And you know, if you came in here lonely, <laughs> if you came in here in despair, if you came in here depressed, if you came in here, whatever you came in with, I pray that Jesus will meet you today because he cares about every tear that you're shedding. He cares about every worry that you're worried about, and he wants to carry them. He doesn't want you to carry them anymore. Let's pray, and then uh, we'll close our service. Jesus, we want to walk by faith. We want to believe, and we want our belief to move to action. So let us be people of the book and not people of our phones, not people of our society, not people of what people think, but people of the book. 
because you've given us all we need, all we need to get through this life. You didn't say it would be easy, but you said you'd be with us through each step. So God, we thank you. We thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross and to raise from the dead and to show us how much you love us and to show us that you care about the little stuff we go through and the big stuff that we go through every day. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can turn the lights on real quick there, Brandy or somebody. Uh, just flip them up. Yep, they just go up. Thanks. There you are again. So uh, don't forget, uh, do we have any food left, Mitzi? Did Mitzi leave? Yes. They're little containers. If you'd like to take some free food home with you, see somebody in the kitchen, maybe. Uh, please do something about those pesky eggs afterwards. Watch Abby, and we'll see you. Have a great week. Good morning, Impact Christian Church. My name is Abby Lucas, and I just have a few announcements about what is going on here at ICC. One day when heaven was filled with his praises. Please make sure you join us after service today because we are going to be having an Easter egg hunt from kids 2 to 14. Just a friendly reminder, there is no youth group tonight. On April 18th, our 55 and older group are going to be taking a trip to the Gashtoff Amish Village, so please make sure you get signed up. If you would like to help with our next camp work day, it is going to be on April 29th. If you are interested, please get signed up. If you are looking for ways to get involved with Whiteland, please call or text Brandy Ward. On April 23rd after service, we're going to be having another food truck Sunday. We're going to be having Hillbilly Hot Dog and La Plablana Food Truck. Well, ICC, that is all the news I have for you. I hope you have a blessed and awesome week, and we'll see you next week.